Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Knock, knock. Who's there? Tank. Tank who? You're welcome. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, yeah. Hardy <laughs> har har. <laughs> also, I had to Google a knock knock joke. Because who knows them off the top of their head? I know. Um, knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange glided. Into <laughs> the yes, we, That's I the only that. one yeah, I, I can know. remember. That's a very common one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's something my daughter would say. This Hank. Thank you. Tank. Thank. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Mitha, how's it going? I'm here. You are. We are in person once again because it's always better. Even though we're both Thai Thai. Yeah. Thai Thai. I'm not too Thai Thai. Oh, really? I'm Thai Thai. You're more Thai Thai than yeah, I am. Because of the fasting. Yeah. No, there'll be one more episode. I, I record it, so I'm fasting. So. When does it end? Next Friday, allegedly. Oh, well, allegedly. Yeah, it's based on the moon, sighting on the uh, moon. So we got to wait. So it's mm-hmm. either Thursday or Friday. Friday or Saturday. And it feels like summer now. Because it's so hot here. So hot. Unseasonable warmth. I had to sleep with my fan on last night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, Crazy. I don't know if it's just because like I'm a woman and I'm going through that those times. <laughs> no, I'm I'm warm. It's warm, right? I'm wearing like okay. fleece sweatpants. All and day like, during oh, wow, work, I had the window open yeah. and I was still like sweltering. Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, it's warm. Yeah. Thank goodness. I don't like the cold, so there you go. Yeah. Like this yeah. is not complaining. It's more like commentary. <laughs> it's like, yay, yeah. warm. This is what's happening here. Yeah. Okay, Mita. Have you heard that they are doing a Moana live action movie? Yeah, I did hear about this. That's kind of weird, right? It's kind of too soon. Is it too soon? Right? It came out less than 10, within 10 years. And The Rock is playing Maui. Well, he is Maui, It's just weird. He said you're welcome. (laughs) I think there's something very strange about that whole situation. It really. I'm not surprised by it at all. Like Disney jumping on it. I'm not, not at all like shocked by yeah. this but it just feels like let something sit a little bit right do you want to hear something wild do tell i've never seen moana no really no okay so maybe should i wait till the live action no it's not gonna be i don't think moana is great people really love it i think it's okay my okay. daughter doesn't really love it either oh, okay i think it's okay i think you could just watch it add it to your list of movies to watch it's a very easy like movie to, movie watch. to watch yeah, yeah. But the real reason I ask mm. is, Mita, who is playing Anna and Elsa in the live-action Frozen remake that is currently in development at Disney? Oh, is, it in, is that a thing, too? That's yeah, uh, it's absolutely. Why is that not weird? That feels weird to me. Why? I think because Frozen is bigger. Like, Fro- I think like Anna and Elsa are yeah. bigger than, like, Moana. Like, there's a lot more of... Do you know what I mean? Like... like I think because it just has like more of a pop culture stance, like currently as the cartoon or as the animation. Like animated characters. Yeah. Like we know those animated characters, whereas like Moana, it's not, it, I don't have that sentiment towards it. So I'm just like, oh, okay. You also haven't seen Moana. Hmm? You haven't seen Moana. That's true. But from what I understand of yeah, Moana, yeah, yeah. that story also feels like it actually could relay into live action a lot better than the story of Frozen. Why? What's about Frozen that can't be live action? There's a lot of magic and mythical stuff that doesn't kind of clue in with me that like to, in a live action version. 
Interesting. Now, to, to clarify, I haven't read anything. I don't work at Disney. It's yeah. really just my grand assumption. Yes. And like, fair assumption. Okay. That that's probably what's happening. What? That there's going to be a live action Frozen Oh, movie. I thought you announced it today. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I am working at Disney. I am developing them as live action. But no. if there, you're saying if there was if there a live was, action. Yeah. Okay, that's where I got confused. Oh, that's a interesting question. Right. Because also, like, how old are Anna and Elsa? Young. That's well, the other she's thing. She's 18 at Coronation. Yeah. So they're like, they're let's babies. say two years later, they're like 20 and 18. Yeah. I think Anna's meant to be like 16. I don't know, young actors. Maybe like, mm, no, maybe, oh, actually, okay, maybe McKenna Grace for Anna. Do you know McKenna Grace? I don't know. You're going to name people I have no idea about. You would know McKenna Grace if you saw her. Okay. She, I'm trying to think of something that um, she's, you haven't seen that. But I don't think they'll be that young. I don't think they're going to cast an 18-year-old. I think they'll cast someone late 20s for both of them. That, that to me, ruins it. Like, I think, like an Elle Fanning. As an Elsa? Yeah. And then Dakota as Anna? <laughs> How funny would that How be if they be. did the opposite? Yeah. Because Elle is definitely more an Elsa than Dakota is. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Elle but looks Dakota's like Elsa. But Dakota's probably in her 30s now. Yeah. yeah. Elle is like late 20s yeah. anyway. So, but that makes sense. Okay. Casting wise, you can see that working. Okay. I will go with Elle Fanning for Elsa. Elsa. Yeah. But what about Anna? I Anna guess. actually would be Kristen Bell when she was younger. Yeah, that could work. I think, but no, she's just but too also, old to do it now. Yeah. Al Fanning can sing. I don't think she can sing the same way Idina Menzel can, though. A few people can. So yeah. who's singing Let It Go? Exactly. Yeah. I think you have to look at more Broadway people than anything else. Just so they can sing that one song? It's I a know big it's part the, of no, the movie. <laughs> the song, but yeah. Um, or do you get someone to just voice over? Like, does she have to sing it? Yes. Like, Why? wait, are they not doing a live action musical? No, but I'm saying, does she have to say, like, if they do do, if they do do, if they do do a live action musical, yeah. does Al Fanning, let's say, have to sing Let It Go? Yes. That, I feel like you have to remain true. That's what makes a movie musical great, is like you're seeing this actor I mean, sing. Bollywood movies don't do it. Bollywood is different, though, and mm-hmm. I don't think Disney could ever do what Bollywood does. No, that's true. But... <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Disney could never do that. Because even in the movies where, like, we've watched where it does work, like, let's say West Side Story. West Side Story was the one. Right? Yeah. Most of the other characters are singing their yeah. parts. And, like, My Fair Lady, same thing. But think about how great Sound of Music is because it is Julie Andrews, like, yeah, singing fair that enough. part. Yeah. Fair and enough. We live in a world now where, like, I think it would be really, like, it would be so obvious. That it's not her. Okay. It'd be hard to fathom. No, that's fair. Yeah. Now, controversial question. Okay. What if they change the race of Anna and Elsa? I don't care. Do you not? I don't need them to be white. I really don't care about that, like, what ethnicity they are. I think my daughter would have a problem with it. Do you? Not a problem. I don't think she'd be, like, affronted. My daughter's five, by the way. (laughs) So let me just be clear. She's not some, like, 18-year-old neo-Nazi. I think she would just have... I think, I think like you're saying that Anna and Elsa are like an entity in and of themselves. Yeah. More than Ariel, I would even say, arguably. Uh-huh. Like, I think The Little Mermaid is a an IP. Yeah. But Anna is an IP and Elsa is an IP. Yeah. And Frozen is its own other thing. Mm-hmm. I think you have to. I don't think you can change that. 
How does your daughter feel about The Little Mermaid? Does she know? Is she aware? So my daughter was, has never watched The Little Mermaid. Okay, so she... So she doesn't know. She won't see the difference. No, because The Little Mermaid is quite problematic Mm -hmm. as a film. And like, I recognize that a lot of Disney movies, like even like Beauty and the Beast is about like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. But like, I think you can, there's still things, there's still redeemable qualities. There's still magic in there. There's still magic in there. And there's, it's a beautiful film. Mm -hmm. And it's also about a very strong-willed woman. Like there's things. The Little Mermaid is literally about a girl who gives up her voice for a boy. Yeah. So like, I just don't find, and I don't even find The Little Mermaid that like, engrossing as a film so Mm -hmm. and she constantly wants to watch it and i'm just like let's watch something else so she doesn't know so she hasn't asked questions she doesn't know what's going on and she will not watch the live action version but i think i think frozen is a a thing that you would have to stay true to so like with frozen i wouldn't care if they like rewrote it so that it made sense but frozen's like, the whole point of Arendelle is that it is this, like... It's Nordic. East, it's Nordic, yeah. right? It's, like, Nordic-European yeah. culture. Yeah. So why would you have, like, two black girls there? Yes, instead? let's say, yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. No, exactly. Like, I, I commend Shonda Rhimes for doing blind casting, but I've never been into Bridgerton. And that is one of the things that kind of phases me is like, but you're trying to tell a story of like a specific period of time. They don't mm. represent that specific period Where of racism time. was probably huge. Yeah. Like, and you're just completely like putting a blanket over. Yeah. Like a pretty big issue. It just feels off to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it wouldn't make sense unless Frozen moved to like Africa, let's say. Can you have Frozen? No, ex- that, you see what I'm saying is that like there's a whole thing about that, it. That's just a whole new movie. That's Disney. a whole different movie. But, yeah. yeah. So Anyways. I think if if this ever did happen, then yeah, like maybe this, I would have some qualms with this it. This real super hypothetical. Question. Yeah, <laughs> so hypothetical. I'm interested to see. Look, I'm interested to see The Little Mermaid yeah. only to see what they do with it, especially because none of the live action movies have worked for me. Mm-hmm. I have thought they were all subpar at best. None of them have been good. So I don't expect this one to be any better. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious to know, who is playing King Triton? Oh, I don't remember. Um, Let's look it up. It was something interesting. Oh, Javier Bardem. Oh, interesting. Okay. Look, we're making the the assumption then that King Triton married some black chick mermaid. Mm -hmm. And Ariel is now... Mixed race. Half Hispanic mermaid and half black mermaid. Right? Yeah. But but you see she, the like... She could be like Colombian or something. Sure. Yeah. Like... Puerto Rican. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But you see the like... When you do blind casting, you see the weird kind of like... There is like something weird about it. Yeah. But I don't know why... I don't really... It doesn't bug me. Well, because in The Little Mermaid, mermaid they're mermaids. Yeah. Like they're not real to begin with. They're not real to begin with. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really... I don't know. I'm not bothered by it. People are very, very bothered, bothered by, by it. it. Yeah. But there's nothing, like, even if, if they had done, like, Beauty and the Beast and Belle was a black girl, I wouldn't be upset. Like, I, I don't think I wouldn't there's anything care. about no. Beauty and the Beast that's like, no, she beauty... needs to be white. But her father would have to be black. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't mind the blind casting, just make it make sense. Unless you show in that flashback scene that her mom's black and her dad's white or something. Something like that. Sense. Exactly. Yeah. It has to make, but it has to make sense. sense. But also, if they're in, like... Like 12th century? Like what year is this? Is there going to be a black woman just roaming the streets? And like, that's what I mean is that like, anyways. Frozen has a culture piece to it in terms of like where they they come from 
is uh, also like the lore of like their mother's magic. If you yes. watch Frozen Two, yes, is absolutely. something to do with Nordic culture. Otto so. Holland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've guess. seen it more recently seen, than yes, I have. I have seen it very. So recently. you know how Frozen works. Exactly. But, I know yeah. how Frozen works. Anyways, yeah. I'm I'm curious to know what happens when that's announced. <laughs> if it ever is they're that either feels gonna, too soon to me though. they're either going to announce that or it's going to be Frozen 3 they have announced Frozen 3 they've announced it they've said sure. it's coming but there's no like official like release or like I feel like I, don't I heard think a so. thing no 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 I looked this up recently Frozen 3 Mita thinks that she heard it on TikTok and that it's real news no 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 Frozen 3 officially confirmed by Disney February 10th, 2023. Yes, but there's no, like, nothing else. But and it's they, confirmed. It's, well, <laughs> it's confirmed. It, it, it's not confirmed. Bob Iger confirmed it. But they're saying, it's, <laughs> they've confirmed many things in the past. I'm just, I'm holding my, I will, I will hold my breath. <laughs> okay. Three will happen before a live action, though. Yes. Unless I three think... is a live action. <laughs> No, I don't really want to see that in live action. I don't either. I don't think it works. I don't want to see anything in live action. I didn't mind Beauty and the Beast, and I actually didn't mind Cinderella. I didn't mind Cinderella. Yeah. I thought Cinderella was cute. Beauty and the Beast, I just love the animated film so much, and I thought Emma Watson was poor casting. Also, when you see them live action, it does really look like bestiality more than anything. It really (laughs) dulls the kind of, like, magic that the animated movies have. But anyways, me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of dulled magic. What? I don't know. That wasn't a transition. That wasn't a great transition no, at all. Oh no, no. No. Anyways, what did we watch this week? This week, Nadim, um, well, as you know, we are watching all of the yes. best picture winners. Um, and so this was this week is meant to be the 1974 best picture winner, The Godfather Part Two. Yes. However, we have done an episode on The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, and The Godfather Part Three. Way Dad. back in season one. Huh? Daddy? Dad. Dad? Dad. It's Sorry. It's just dad. It's just dad. And a weird fall. Oh. <laughs> uh, we watched them. We watched them. So we're not going to watch them again. No. So you can listen back to season one of the that episode mm-hmm. to see how we felt about them. Um, but we decided to watch one of the other nominees of this year. Mm-hmm. 1974 was a very interesting year for very us. Interesting. Because we had already watched three of the five contenders of yeah. this picture. So we had watched The Godfather Part Two, we watched um, Chinatown last season, and we watched The Conversation last mm-hmm. season. And so we were left with two choices, which was The Towering Inferno mm-hmm. and Lenny. Lenny. And we chose Lenny, Lenny because we could not rent The Towering Inferno. You had to purchase it. Yeah. So well, that was one reason. But the other reason, we actually found that out after the fact, yeah. but we wanted to watch... And review something directed by Bob Fosse. Yes. And that turned out to be Lenny. Because, I guess, coincidentally, in 1972, when The Godfather also won the best picture. Oh, very true, actually. Yeah, Bob Fosse was nominated for his film Cabaret. Bob Fosse won. Won Best Director. Yes. Yes. And so we watched Lenny. We watched Lenny. That's what we did. That's what we did. Should I give them them a discro? Let me pull her up. The story of... Acerbic 1960s comic Lenny Bruce, whose groundbreaking no-holes-barred style and social commentary was often deemed by the establishment as too obscene for the public. There you go. Yeah. I didn't know that this was what Lenny was about. 
I didn't know what Lenny. It was about Lenny Rose? You didn't yeah, know that? Yeah, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, so you just started know, it? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like super excited yeah. for it. I was like, oh, yeah. I know who this guy is. Yeah. Because I don't know if you watched a little show called <laughs> The Marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. A very different Lenny Bruce. Very different Lenny. Also, I didn't know Lenny Bruce was a real person until like midway through. Maisel? Watch. Yeah, Maisel. Oh. Yeah. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like right away that I was like, I just assumed he was a fictional character. Yeah. And then somehow I was just like, oh no, this man existed. Yeah. Because I also find it weird when people, when. When they do that. When they do that. Yeah. I do find that weird. Like because, licorice pizza. Yeah. But they use fake names in licorice pizza. He was Lenny Bruce in The Marvelous Mrs. Yeah. Maisel. He still is. Is. Well, no, he's. Like, oh, on the show, yeah. On the show. I was like, he's dead. <laughs> Not on the show yet. He's probably yes. going to die this last season. Well, yes. Well, one of my biggest criticisms of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a show that I really do like. Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy it quite a bit. But I feel like they really do romanticize Him? Lenny Bruce. Yeah. yeah and aren't addressing... And this last... Se- the previous season... New season actually has premiered by the time this episode airs. Yes, it's yeah, true. It comes out tomorrow? tomorrow. Yeah. So it'll be out. Yeah. So you probably have seen it all if yeah. you binged it. Because I might. <laughs> no, it's only the first three episodes, oh, and then it's going to be one episode a week, yeah. Okay, well... So we'll, the, we'll have seen at least the first, the first three episodes. Three, yeah. yeah, and it's also the last season. Yeah. But in season four, they started to dabble a little bit into, like, what his personal life troubles yeah. were, but not realistically enough... No. ...as to what it could be. Especially because... I mean, we're not here to review The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yeah. but I think the thing about Lenny that is really interesting is that we're meant to see his real life... And the marvelous Mrs. Maisel really romanticizes him. Yes. And he becomes her love interest. Yeah. Which is very really strange. strange. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see where they go with that. Yeah. Because for a while, I didn't think they were going to go there. And then they did. And then they did. They did in that last season. Yeah. But. Yes. Rewinding a bit. Yeah. This is not a Miss Maisel review. It's not podcast. a Miss Maisel review. What were your thoughts on Lenny? I was pleasantly surprised yeah. with it. Yeah. At first, when I saw it with Lenny, I was like, oh, what is this, a mockumentary? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? I haven't seen this before. And I thought for watching it today, it is so important to like what is talked about with Gen Z in particular today. The cancel I, culture? Cancel, yeah. yeah. Like they need to watch Lenny. Yeah. And like understand yeah. Lenny. I found it really refreshing and like something that would is very relevant to what's happening now. And then in terms of it like being a, it's so how do you describe it? It's a movie. Yeah. Okay. It is shot as though it, it is a documentary on Lenny's life, yep. but it is a fictionalized version of Lenny in that Dustin Hoffman yeah. is playing Lenny. Lenny yeah. um, and then it's also done in documentary style where they're getting documentary clips of like people discussing Lenny. Yeah. So you meet his wife, Honey Bruce, yeah. and she's speaking about him in the her film. Experience, but yeah. Her experiences. But it's an actress playing Honey yeah, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's a, so it is a mockumentary. Yes. And it's done really well. Yeah, yeah. Because while watching it, I was thinking, like, you know what tried this and it didn't work? Being the Ricardos. Do they do the mockumentary thing? They do the thing in the beginning where they're talking, people are talking about working on the set of I Love Lucy. Oh, right. But it was meant to be real people talking about their real experiences. Experiences, But again, it was like fake. Yes, yes. It was actors playing real people talking about their... Oh, you're right. And it's so messy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this works so well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so, it's... 
because you're not involving real people. Yeah. That was the weird... It was but like, it is! Yeah. But it, but it isn't, right? Because it's not like you have honey brews, mm-hmm. right? These were real people. You're right. I completely forgot about this. Yeah. They were real people who were on I Love Lucy in this fictional movie about Lucy and Ricardo. Those were real people? I thought they hired think, actors to play I them. I think some of them are real See, people. See, this is why it didn't work because we still don't know what happened. This, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this is why... Aaron Sorkin failed. <laughs> were they actors? I thought they were actors playing like people who were meant to be in the in around the Isle of Lucy set at that time. I would respect it more if they were the real people. Real people? If they're actors, fake it. I, that does... I don't... That feels almost like insulting, but that's exactly what this does. It does. And it doesn't But at it's all. not insulting at no. all. But I'm wondering if it's not insulting to us because it is 40, 50 years later. 50? 49. Like it doesn't feel fresh? Like we don't know anything about that time. We weren't a... But well, we didn't I really we didn't know, know that I much Lucy. about Lucy. Yeah. That's not really <laughs> our time either. Yeah. It works here. Though. It works here. Right? Yeah. Crazy. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't... I didn't... <laughs> I didn't think... I didn't think about you that didn't at think all. About it it yeah. felt very fresh. Well, I did. Because <laughs> you didn't like that. You didn't I like being the Ricardos. I didn't like being yeah. the Ricardos, no. Yeah. For quite a few reasons. <laughs> but that was one of them. Yeah. Of like, why did, like, it was so Aaron Sorkin. Like, I don't yeah. think that that was necessary at all. And it's like him trying to put a spin onto it. It's Aaron Sorkin being Aaron Sorkin in yeah. such an Aaron Sorkin way. But Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse, yeah. Someone who is known to be a choreographer yeah. who is very creative but in a whole different realm yeah. I was really surprised by how well he does with some this sort of subject yeah, matter yeah for sure because it doesn't like when watching it there definitely is an aesthetic to it like yes. it's all in black and white yeah. you know it that feels like you're watching a documentary mm-hmm. essentially but at no point was I was like this is so fossy no no I what like it didn't feel because super you- choreographed yeah, it felt I, and that's fair. It feel I feel like that might be because you're associating Fosse with cabaret. Yeah, and just like Ch- Chicago, like the original musical, yeah. and like Sweet Charity, and all yeah. this, like and Gwen Vernon, like all of that. I'm used to the like right now. I'm flailing my arms. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the like Fosse Bob Fosse has, moves. Yeah, but this doesn't have the Bob Fosse moves except for with Honey when we see Honey dance. Fosse, 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 <laughs> Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> If only we recorded the video <laughs> for people to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I get what you're saying. That like yeah. Fosse, Fosse's known for dance. Mm-hmm. That's really what his like thing was. Both off, like on stage and off stage. Yeah. And so this is a movie that has no dance. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's very like, I was going to, stale is not the word I'm, what I'm looking for, but it was the one that came to mind. But it's very like simplistic. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, he's really just trying to, he's trying to bring his flair to it where he can it's still stylized it's still stylized but he is essentially maintained he's trying to tell the story more than he's trying to stick to the style Mm -hmm. and like you can see that style come out in many different ways and how it's shot and like there's there's a lot of things like how he's i I love how he's on stage and talking about something but you see what's really happening in Mm -hmm. his real life like there's a lot of like interlaying and like the editing is really clever and very well done yeah even that, like, final shot of him, like, dead on the floor and, like, the camera pan out to see him that he's naked and, like... Yeah. And then it just... There's things that are very, like, avant-garde about the, about it at the time. hmm But... But... This did not win. Best picture. Best picture. Yeah. No. Because it was up against... 
Part two. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was up against. Yeah. It was also up against my all-time favorite film. Yeah. All the Chinatowns. Yep. And a little ditty <laughs> that I think everyone should see. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because you, you're not going to understand why it was nominated until you watch it. Exactly. The conversation. Yep. This, let's assume okay. Towering Inferno yeah. does not even count. Yeah. Because I don't think Because I've that, heard that Towering Inferno is just sort of like a pulp film. Yes. Yeah. It's like an action movie. Mm-hmm. And I think for the time it was great. It's yeah. probably why it's there. But in terms of like longevity, it has nothing. Now you have these four films. Uh-huh. What are we ranking them? Yeah. Okay. It's Yeah, it's interesting. Because I do really like The Godfather Part yeah. 2. It's my highest rated of The Godfather films. Yes. But if I'm looking at these four films that mm-hmm. we're talking about, I think if I'm going with, like, top contender, it actually is Chinatown. Yeah. I think Chinatown, like, even looking now into today... Yeah. Still works. There isn't really anything about it that I would like nitpick. And there is like an outlandish reveal in it. Like that could go, it could go so sour. There's a giant outlandish reveal in it. I don't even want to spoil it for people. My sister. No, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) There is an outlandish reveal that is like the epitome of outlandish Outlandish. reveals. It set the tone. But it's like the definition of clutch pearls as well. Yeah. When it happens, you're like, wait, what? What? And it's not sour in any way. Like, it works. Yeah. And there's so much about that movie that just, like, that just works. And it shouldn't. Like, these pieces shouldn't come together the way they do. You have a narration. Narrations usually suck. There's no narration. Oh, am I thinking of the other one? I'm thinking of something else. Sorry. Chinatown does not have narration. (laughs) Um, Chinatown 2. The two Jakes. (laughs) The two Jakes have a narration. But, um... No, there's a lot in there that shouldn't work, but it does, mm-hmm. and it still works. Yeah. And, like, is a movie that you could watch today and think it was made today. Yes. Even though it is from yeah. 1974. That's my number one. Mm-hmm. Should we go one to one and then two to two, three to three? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go for your Obviously, time. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. It's, a, it's one of my, it's my all-time favorite film. It's a five-star. I think it's a flawless screenplay. It's a flawless film. I love Roman Polanski. Fight me on it. Yeah. I don't care. I don't think he's a great person, but like he's a phenomenal filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You can't. There's there's just no denying it. I would have voted Chinatown for one. Yeah. But I'll go two then. Yeah. The Godfather 2 is an exceptional film. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot deny it. And I think by that point, I mentioned this in last week's recording, that like it started to build. Like uh-huh. the, the Godfatherness of it probably by this point started to like the bros started to co-opt it. Yeah. And then two came out. And I think the issue is, not the issue, but the thing about two is that forget that it's the Godfather part two. It's the sequel to a story that was so famous Mm -hmm. at the time and ends up doing just literally as good a job. And I think that in and of itself is phenomenal. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like you have this film that is just a continuation of another amazing piece of film yeah. and just happens to also be amazing, yeah. that's pretty marvelous. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. Like, can you name something that, like, consistently... Where bur- like, where that happens like that? Top Gun, too. <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to say Scream, first of all. 
No, no, no. Scream 2 is not good. <laughs> Scream 2 is not I good, will yeah. I fully cop yeah. to that. Top Gun 2 is actually <laughs> better than Top Gun. Yeah, but yeah. Top Gun 1 is not The Godfather. No. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, it's not like, it's not like something like, at the height. Yeah. In Scream 2, they have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, they have this exact conversation <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. It's just, I, so I think that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I understand why it beat Chinatown. Okay. Because it was the it was the hard to ignore film. Yeah, I think, but I would have voted for Chinatown. Okay, Your my turn. number two, and I think I'm leaning towards this way just because it's not what people remember yeah. is the conversation. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and especially if you're comparing Francis Ford Coppola with Francis yes. Ford Coppola, which is what this is, which is what it is. I actually think the conversation is a stronger film for him mm-hmm. because I think The Godfather Two works so well and is so famous because it is the sequel to the godfather and he could rely on that so much like the seeing don corleone like where he came from and his transition into being don yes like you the don the don it your emotions are there with it because of the godfather whereas like the conversation is a whole new ballpark for him and it's a character we don't know yeah and like not i think in terms of like a challenge for him being a director that's well done like very successfully done yeah and it's just it's a really good movie it's so interesting so now tell me number three because that'll have to say number four then my three is the godfather part two yeah which i thoroughly enjoy like i love the continuation of this story And it, it is remarkable to have a sequel be something that's actually really enjoyable. Yeah. And like one, it was so good that people wanted a three for 30 years after. Yeah. 70, 20 years, 20 years after. Yeah. yeah. And that people were begging for it. Yeah. It's just upsetting that they got disappointed. But so good that people still wanted it 20 yeah. years later. Like, I think that says something about it. That says something about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to number four. That's we're getting to. But yeah, if obviously number three is the conversation for me as well. I think this is such a banner year of three amazing films. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation is just so underrated and unknown, but deserves all your time yeah. for being this like small, simplistic thriller that just delivers a banger at the end. Yeah. Like it's so contained and you're kind of like, this is kind of slow and drawn out. And then it gets to the end and you're like, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is so like... It's really, and it puts Francis Ford Coppola into perspective. That is, I think, what the conversation does more than anything, is you realize, oh, so this guy is not a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. And, like, he can direct small and subtle and quiet and simplistic and still have it be memorable. And not it's not just all the Godfather. Yeah. But, and Gene Hackman. Yeah, so it's, good. It's, it's Gene Hackman's crowning glory truly much better than the french connection yeah much more memorable than the yeah. french connection that like last sequence where he's like tearing apart his apartment and the camera's just panning back and forth it's phenomenal yeah. it's so good so yeah number three so that means yeah lenny's number four lenny's four yeah but lenny is a strong contender is it it's i, I wouldn't say it's terrible i don't think it's terrible i think it deserves to be in this list I think it deserves to be in this list. <laughs> the same way Michael Clayton deserves to be hey, in the list. Get out of here. Leave. Kindly walk out. But think about it. <laughs> think about it. And it kind of has that same feeling about it. It's not, a, it's a good film. Yeah. Well made, well acted, well directed. But Lenny 
and Chinatown or The Godfather. It doesn't have the same punch. Yeah. In that, like, I think the thing that is for its downside is that it's a story that people are going to watch and they already know the end to because we know what happens happens, to Lenny. Whereas when you're watching Chinatown, The Godfather, Part 2, The Conversation... I don't know about the Towering Inferno, but if you when you watch those, you are watching for the journey. Like yeah. you don't know what's gonna happen. No. But in terms of something being like a bio biopic, because yeah. Lenny is a biopic yeah. in a lot of ways, this is still really entertaining. I can't think of many biopics where I leave the theater being like, Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I get what this person is about. And it was presented to me in a way that I've never seen before. I I will agree with that. I definitely enjoyed this overall, especially because it's shorter. It doesn't go... Like, a lot of biopics are really long. Mm -hmm. And this did find a way of getting someone's life into a short period. So it packs a punch in that way. Mm -hmm. I think my issue with Lenny was more also that, like, I felt like it was a little disjoint. Because... For so much of Lenny, Lenny himself is like, he's just doing it for the money. He's doing it for the money. And then in the end, it's like, he's trying to make a point. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of just like, are you trying to make a point? Like, I didn't, I didn't buy it necessarily. Yeah. And that might be because of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm. Because he's not trying to make a point in that either. No, he just kind of is. He just kind of is. He's there. But I think that, I think we're being a little unfair because the marvelous Mrs. Maisel isn't about Lenny Bruce. And absolutely. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of my consumption of this material, yeah. that, uh, that was your familiarity. That was the first time I heard about Lenny Bruce was through this. And yeah. so how he comes off in Maisel is definitely influencing how he comes off in here mm-hmm. because he's better looking. He's more charming. He, he sleeps with like Mitch. You want him you, to sleep with yeah, Mitch you want too. Him, yeah. There's a very different kind of aura from that presentation of him mm-hmm. versus this presentation of him. Yeah. And then to meld the two together, they're actually not. There's they're really... Not, that Venn diagram, there's not a lot of like overlap. Except for the hair. The hair <laughs> and the fact that they're the same person and that, yes, they've been kicked out. Because also the other thing is, is that Maisel romanticizes him going to jail. Yes. And romanticizes his comedy too. Yes. Whereas it's meant to be cutting edge mm-hmm. in Lenny. It's meant to be avant-garde. It's meant to be like hard-hitting. Like when he does that whole shtick about the N-word, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, you're meant to be taken aback. You're meant to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You're never uncomfortable in Maisel. No. So there's something very disjoint about it. And as a result, for me, It's hard to get over that yeah, hill. It's hard to just to, to have those two meet. Yeah. I think... Because I like that portrayal more than this portrayal, yeah. if I'm being honest. The Maisel portrayal. Just not in terms of like the reality of what who Lenny Bruce was. Just yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you're talking about true... Entertainment wise. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm, I don't have a problem separating the two. And maybe it's because I'm like very familiar with Amy Sherman Palladino. Sure. And like I've watched all of her series and I love all of her yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I get what she's doing with having that character in the show. Yeah. Like she's taking... Because she's very much about pop culture in all of her series and so she's taking something from pop culture and she's doing her own fictional thing with it and i'm fine with that and that's great i was but when they introduced that character on Maisel in that first season Mm -hmm. i looked it up and i learned about him and i did my wikipedia research and i was like oh okay he was like a lot raunchier than what they're showing on the show here and so i have been able to separate it when i was watching this because i was like okay i know this is actually who this person is and is much more of a truthful representation and so i felt like 
I don't know if I can choose if I like one more than the other because I because they are just so much. They are apples they and are, oranges. Yeah. They're not. And they shouldn't be. I think that's the confusing part. But also, I find it confusing in Maisel how Maisel doesn't shy away from being raunchy. Like, they swear she makes dirty jokes. Like, mm-hmm. he makes dirty jokes. But there's a sanitizing of him in that, which is so strange for a show... That's meant to be about freedom of speech. But I think if they did have him in the way that he is supposed or the way he was, it would pull away from Midge. We would be focused on that Lenny Bruce character a lot more. Or is it that the TikTok generation couldn't handle things? I don't think Amy Sherman Palladino does things to please the TikTok generation. I don't think necessarily the TikTok generation. Also, TikTok wasn't a thing when this first came out. (laughs) <laughs> no, but you yeah. understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, is she is doing like, it to appease, like... Show, is she trying to soften and th- Soften things? the blow a little bit because people couldn't... Like, let's say... So that... Let's look at that one set piece he does mm-hmm. about racial slurs. Yeah. It's so bold when you watch it on screen, when you watch it, like, in the movie, and it's meant to be that mm-hmm. way. Could we have that now? No, Amazon wouldn't let her make that. Exactly. I don't think it's her. I think no, no, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Like, I don't think it, I'm not. Sorry, I'm, I'm very defensive. Yeah, I know. Amy Sherman's Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I am a Gilmore Girls girly, true and true. You can be. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't care if it's her or Amazon or whatever yeah. it is. But is the reason that we're not seeing a real true portrayal of Lenny Bruce is it's because we can't. We we can't handle it. Sorry, you and I can. <laughs> yeah, but like we as but a society, the, the yeah, society, can, yeah. Which sucks. It's, there are things he does say though that like I don't think should be said like I don't think people should be using the n-word that's your opinion that's your opinion of what he's saying but he is making a point whether you agree with his point or not fine that's a different conversation but if that's what he said and he is not doing it for shock value for I mean for people who aren't going to watch this in the movie Lenny Bruce is essentially saying the by making the n-word a bad word by turning it into and like any racial slur essentially by by weaponizing it you make it more powerful if you turn it if you use it as a regular word if you use it more in con- conversation you de-weaponize it and it does it takes away its power hmm. which is an interesting argument we don't mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not here to have what like whether i agree with it or not yeah, but i'm yeah. saying that he is that's he that's has a, a he has point. a point of view and yeah. he has an interesting point of view yes why is like not why is it i get it it just sucks that we as like the uh, where we are living wouldn't be able to handle that he wouldn't be able to express his point of view this movie because he is not inciting harm but then when you have somebody who like kanye west who yeah. has a similar point of view he does oh. incite a lot of hate from people like people interesting. moving forward and pushing their hate towards others but I don't think Lenny Bruce was pushing hate. He wasn't at that time. Like, I don't think people were like, Lenny Bruce dance, but Kanye West does. So what's the difference there? Because Kanye West is pushing hate. (laughs) Lenny Bruce isn't pushing hate. Lenny Bruce is actually trying to... Okay, sorry. his (laughs) His goal is actually very different. His goal is to like... Let's take this hate speech and flip it on its head and like co-opt it. Let's take it back. Okay. Whereas Kanye West is just being racist and anti-Semitic. Yeah. I'm forgetting some of the things Kanye has said because I've lost there's them been out of the so <laughs> much <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, and that's one example. He does it with a bunch of other things, and sometimes, yes, he uses, you know, things for shock value. Mm. Fine, that that's what a lot of comedians do. I'm just saying that. Wouldn't it be 
Oh, sorry. Go. No, no, no. Go. No, no, no. No, 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 you, no you go. No, you actually no. should finish your point. Oh, Because okay. I fully interrupted you there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, like, we're not here to discuss Maisel, fine. But at the end of the day, it's it's very, it, they're, they're very different portrayals. Yeah. And I think this one comes off more authentically and he comes off more rounded. Mm-hmm. Which is nice in terms of, like, what the movie's trying to do. He comes off less perfect and less romanticized. But, like, Luke Kirby really sells it, man. Like, I'm I'm sorry. He does. He won an Emmy for a reason. The thing, though, is, like, that he doesn't even... In Maisel, he doesn't need to be named Lenny Bruce. That's the thing, Mita. That's what I was not able to articulate. That's exactly what it is. He doesn't need to be Lenny Bruce. You could switch it out with anybody else. And you would get the feeling that he's a Lenny Bruce type comedian. But she used the name Lenny Bruce. Yes. Which... I don't know why, but I am an Amy stan, so I will let her do what she wants. I do think it's that pop culture tie-in for her. But you're absolutely right. She could have had the exact same character Mm -hmm. and just named him David Smith. She could have named him, like, Benny... Benny Hanna. Yeah, like, he could have been anything. Yeah. Benny Cruz. Yeah, he did not need to be... And he could have been Jewish. He He could have been all the things that Lenny Bruce was. Yeah. Just not be Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Because then it feels like an insincere representation of someone. Because Lenny, Bruce in Lenny, is kind of a dick. Yeah. I mean, that's who he was. Yeah, and that's who he was. (laughs) That's the thing. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, wouldn't it, like, it's just so unfortunate that he's not here today. To, like, actually, I, I, while watching it, I was like, I wonder what Lenny Bruce would say about cancel culture today. And I was like, well, I know what he would say about cancel culture today. But, like, I, I think we need more people speaking up about that. But they when don't people get do speak up, they get canceled. And oh. it's just, it's so infuriating. It's so infuriating. Cancel culture is awful. And it's a mob mentality. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's true. It's mob mentality online it's people pitchforking yeah and like let's go after this person for having said one bad thing or maybe done something let's cancel friends because it was at the time appropriate for its time but not right now like there's constantly this notion that everything needs to be correct right now like there are some things i think that do need to be canceled like what harvey weinstein i think that sure (laughs) because he raped raped women yeah Yeah. that you that's fine yeah cancel that but that's not canceling but you don't need to cancel friends no, you no. don't. That's yeah. ridiculous. Don't watch it if it, if it's not if it's not hitting your sentimentality. Yeah. People say, for instance, all in the family is hilarious. I don't connect with it on that level. Yeah. Like I, but I watch it. And I'm like, this was some. This was something of its time. Yeah. Archie Bunker was a lot of people at that time. Yes. Yeah. And this is this is a moment in history. So let it be. You don't. Not everything is made for you. Who was born after two thousand? Exactly. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just assuming that because you were born now, things came before and that they should all fit into the mold of today. It's ludicrous. They're all a bunch of crybabies. It is. They are, Mita. Gen Z is awful. I hope, I hope they, they learn. Because people, we are millennials and people say shitty stuff about millennials all the time. And I think now that we're getting older and Mm. we have this new generation to pick on, we think we're better, but like people said shit about us and our avocado toast for so long. So like, <laughs> I mean, avocado toast is dumb, but <laughs> it's yummy. I'm sure, but charging like Wait, eighteen dollars. Do for you avocado. not like? I like avocado, avocado toast. Okay. I don't have it like regularly, but yeah. I've had it and it's fine. <laughs> I've never ordered it at a restaurant. That's what I'm saying. I think that's yeah. what people okay. hate about millennials okay. ordering avocado toast at a restaurant. No, that's silly. Okay. <laughs> Sequel people ideas. Uh, no, because yeah, 
it doesn't need any like yeah. it's it's this person's life and it is encapsulated so well mm-hmm. like i don't need to know what happens with honey i don't need to know what happens with his daughter honey's a mess honey's a mess <laughs> kitty bruce winds up becoming an actress yeah um i don't need to know anything before and like yeah like it starts at the right point yeah it's I get it. He's like, I don't need to know his struggle into becoming yeah. a comedian and like him going to all yeah, these yeah, different yeah. nightclubs and stuff. Like that's not a great story. No. no. And we've seen it. I think it's really interesting to see someone at a viewpoint of like at the peak of their career, what yeah. they are doing and what their stance is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rating. Okay. And I, we kind of answered this. Yeah. With the best picture question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... <sighs> This is a biopic. I mentioned this earlier. It's a biopic. And like, those are always terrible. Can you name, Nadine, can you name me a single biopic that you think is actually like quite good? Not one that like sticks out, to be quite honest. Exactly. Like, I can't think of anything where I was like, oh, wow, I learned something about this person. I learned something about culture. I learned something about like the time period in this this person existed. Like, even when you look at something like, Elizabeth or <laughs> Oh, you know what is really good? Razi. As a biopic? Yeah. Because Razi okay. is about Semak. Yeah, that's true. But But it ends not, up not being the focus. Which that person in particular is not someone who we know mm-hmm. in pop like the yeah. whole point is that we don't we know. We didn't story. know her story, <laughs> story yeah. Yeah. But like I'm talking about yes, a person yes. in popular like culture. Elvis. Like Elvis, yeah. right? Like Elvis is not a great movie. No. And this is this is not a fantastic, amazing, no. spectacular movie, but it's a really well-made, yeah, yeah. good film. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even say it's a movie. This is a film yeah. in the way that it's shot. It's very, like, it's very stylized. Yeah. It's very different from what I've seen Bob Fosse do, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I yeah. like seeing this different side to him, and I'm surprised that this isn't one of the things that people, like, pick him out for because yeah. I've only ever heard of like him choreographing Sweet Charity and Chicago and Cabaret yeah, and, and like jazz the and, dances yeah. <laughs> but nobody classic. talks about him doing Lenny yeah. Dustin Hoffman is really good really in good this and yeah. no one talks about his performance yeah. in Lenny like that's not what we recall when we talk about Dustin Hoffman no. and I was just so happy to see something that I've never heard of and actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Just in the same way with the conversation, mm-hmm. which would be my number two pick mm-hmm. for this year. It's so, it's just like very, It's it warms my heart <laughs> that yeah. there are movies out there that I haven't seen yet that are enjoyable. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like it can feel like you've seen you've everything. You've seen everything good, yeah. And it was good to finally see yeah. something different. And especially it being a biopic because... Yes. I was aware of Lenny Bruce, but I learned so much more about him mm-hmm. watching this movie. Yeah. And I feel like it was a truthful representation of who he was as a comedian and as a person. And often what happens with biopics is that they get muddled down into like doing something in favor of the person, like mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. That's not who Freddie Mercury was. No, yeah. It was the sugar-coated version. Oh, God. And this, this goes there. Yeah. It pushes the limits. And it might not be very jarring to see like right now in 2023, but I'm sure in 1974 when people were watching this, it was shocking, especially if you're a moviegoer and maybe you've never even heard of Lenny Bruce or you weren't aware of his comedy or the trials or anything. Like it is very 
interesting to see. Yeah. And so I did really appreciate it. And I'm going to land at three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree a lot with what you're saying. Like, I was really pleasantly surprised by this. Did you watch this on Tubi? Yeah. yeah. So ads. On ads. Yeah. Didn't have to rent it. It was right there. It was easy. It was easy to watch. Yeah. I watched it in one day, which right now as I'm fasting, it's like, it's, it's, it's actually, it's a lot to do. And I was able to sit through it and be entertained and interested by it, which is, it was really easy to retain my attention. I think it's very interestingly directed. Like you're saying, it's essentially three streams of narrative that are, edited together Mm -hmm. very interestingly and i really like the length and i know that sounds like a weird thing to like harp on but biopics often end up being two two and a half hours long so long and you think you need to go through over so much stuff and so much detail and you don't Mm -hmm. and this proves it that like you can still get a snapshot of who this individual was Mm -hmm. with tightening your story and some creative editing and just and you know just really getting down to it i also like that this does focus on honey bruce at the same time yeah. and through honey you understand lenny like she provides her hot messness is what provides lenny some stability essentially like which is just hilarious. It's, so cra- it's so crazy <laughs> yeah. right because she was so like off the rocker it makes him look stable and it 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 kind of grounds him in a way so there's some really interesting things done I don't think personally necessarily that the movie lands the plane about freedom of speech. Like, it's not the words. Like, don't pay attention to what I'm, like, how I'm saying it. It's, like, pay attention to what What I'm I'm saying. saying. Exactly. I don't think it lands that because we focus so much on, for so long in this movie, about he, he doesn't care. Like, he understands the shock value of what he's doing. Yeah. So I'm a little kind of ambivalent about that. But I do think that, like, one thing I took away from this was that we owe a lot to Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, if cocksucker wasn't, hadn't been said at that point, like, for so long, imagine what people are saying now. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere on IMDb that it was, like, it's humbling to watch a movie about a man who's, who fought for your freedom to say things like that, where now people don't bat an eye. Mm -hmm. Like, he went to jail. He lost his his life. He ended up dying Mm -hmm. in order to be able to say whatever it was he wanted. And we take that freedom so liberally. Mm -hmm. And so, you you have no idea. Like, this man literally did die to be able to say whatever it was he wanted. I don't think it lands that. And that's the the juice of it. Mm -hmm. That, like, this man really did believe... I think he believed it. I don't think the movie's selling it, but I think he believed in what he was doing and he essentially ended up dying as a result of it, like, indirectly. Yeah. And the the kind of mirror in your face of, like, appreciate what this man did for, like, the fight that he did because he did fight for it. And that doesn't stick that. In my head, it's kind of an L contest why this didn't win. Yeah. Because I think Chinatown and Godfather are a bit more a part of history we talk about the conversation because we've watched it and we liked it, but I think the conversation is also a movie that has kind of, it's not as... It's faded. It's faded a little bit. Not as much as Lenny, I'd say, because yeah. it's still Francis Ford Coppola and Gene Hackman, but there's a reason Lenny just isn't a part of the conversation. It's not a juggernaut in the it's way that those n- are. Yeah. I understand why it was nominated. It was it was probably happy to be nominated. It was Michael Clayton of that year. Shut up. <laughs> Some of us love Michael Clayton. I know. <laughs> but... 
I'm glad I watched this because I never would have picked this up. And if I'm going to watch other Bob Fosse movies, I would have watched like all that jazz or like other things bef- way before watching this. So thank you, podcast, for forcing <laughs> me to watch this. I enjoyed it. I'm going to land on three stars. Okay. Yeah. There we go. That's where I'm going with Three and it. a half and three. Yeah. How about that? How about that? <laughs> because for me, the, the movie of the year is Chinatown Rita. Okay, next week we are watching something different. Yeah. Obviously, something... Anyways, we'll get there. Yeah. Before we get there, Mita... Yes. Game me. Game you. Let's get to that game. Okay, so last week you had me connect film Sophie's Choice to the film Bros. Yes, I did. Yes, and I did it. Yeah, we did. Um, So this week, Nadim... Yes. I'm going to have you connect bros to a movie called Save the Last Dance. (laughs) Okay. Have you seen Save the Last Dance? I've seen bits and pieces. I've never seen it. That it's the movie of your time, like yeah, when you were a teen. What's this her was name? Julia movie. Stiles. I was like, what is the name of the actress in there? This was Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Wait, no, it's not Mackay Pfeiffer. It's not Mackay. Is it not Mackay? It's not. It's um. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. Save the Last Dance. Sean Patrick Thomas. Okay. What am I connecting? Bros? Okay. Yeah, bros to save the last dance. There is a very easy way to is do there? it. I'm not going to yeah. get it. You're not going to get it. No. Um, but I'll tell you what it is after. after? So okay. your timer starts now. Okay. Bros stars. Yeah. People. Yeah. Okay. Bros is also produced by one Judd Apatow. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Huh. <laughs> was Heath Ledger in Freaks and Geeks? No. Heath Ledger is Australian? Yeah. He was not a teen. He was not a Judd Apatow teen darling. A, yes, that's where I was trying to go with this. Okay, he was in A Night's Tale. Okay, so I'm trying to do Heath Ledger was in 10 Things I Hate About. He was Julia Stiles, who was in yeah. that. I just got to get to Heath to Ledger. Bros. Well, I got to get Heath Ledger to... I'm thinking Judd Apatow somehow. Oh, okay. I don't know if you'll get there. <laughs> no, I think I can. Okay. Or I do... Oh. Or I do... Now I'm thinking like Brokeback. Oh, Michelle Williams. Uh, yeah, okay. So Bros is stars Luke McFarlane, who was in Brothers and Sisters with Sally Field. Okay. Sally Field was in Lincoln, directed by Steven Spielberg, who directed The Fablemans with Michelle Williams, who was yeah. in Brokeback with Heath Ledger, who was in Save the Last Dance with Julia Stiles. Okay. Or who was in 10 Things I Hate About You with Julia Stiles, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're yeah. well over a minute. You're yeah. a minute 25. Oh, my God. I let you go because you were getting I was there. getting there, yeah. yeah. A very long-winded way yeah. of doing this, but I'll, I'll let you in on how Thanks. I figured it out. Thanks. Um, Bros has Guillermo, Guillermo Diaz. Do you know him? He, was, he yeah. He he's plays the, a straight couple, so yeah. the husband and the straight couple. Yeah. Yes. Who is on a television show titled Scandal. Oh, <laughs> which starred one, Which starred one Carrie Washington, yes. who is in Save the Last Dance. Oh. Is she? Yeah, she plays oh. um, Sean Patrick Thomas's sister. Oh, it's Sean Patrick Thomas. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I was never going to get that. She is a teen mom. Meet that. If you Dance. hadn't, if I had given you that, would you have made that connection? I did it on my own. You did? Yeah, I always look at the movie and then I'm like, what can I do? How can I challenge Nadine? No, but did you... No, no, no. I remember Guillermo Diaz is in that and I've been yeah. watching Scandal. Oh, you've been watching Scandal. That's <laughs> oh. Okay, anyways. There you go. I still did it. It was I, a little long-winded. But you I got there. Yeah, I'm I got proud. there. Thanks, man. Yeah. Now I got to... 
I gotta, oh, I gotta do Save the Last Dance to something. Yeah, you'll have to look it up on IMDb. I will definitely have to look that up. In your dreams. (laughs) Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Watch the, maybe after we record, we watch the Julia Stiles dance sequence on your big screen. It's really embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about that next week, Mita. Okay. Because we're watching a new movie. Yeah. One that actually won Best Picture. Whoa. One at a time. At least next week, because in the following week, we go back to our craziness. Yep. But next week, what are we watching? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It did. One Flew Over that Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No. Oh. Oh. That's a neat day. Yeah. I'm okay. excited for Jack. Yeah. We that's haven't had times. Jack yet. We haven't had... Is this our first Jack? This is our first... Well, like for the Oscars. This Oscars, yeah. We've watched Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. But this, this is, is our, our first, first Jack for the Oscars. Yeah, Jack for the Oscars. Okay. A Jack off. Yeah. Yeah. Once you go Jack, you never, never go, go back. back. Okay. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But that's all next week. Yeah. Mita, do you have any parting words for us? I do, yes. Nadim. They're words. I'm not hurting anybody. How do you people... Yeah. Here's it's the thing. It's very important. It's very important. Yeah. That's like the theme of the movie, and I just don't feel it lands that plane. The no. dirtiest no. thing we could do to each other. Yeah, that line, I did have... I paused, and I was like, wait, did he, what did he just say? And then yeah. I went back. But... What's the worst thing you yeah. can say to anybody? It's important. I got the message. I got the message. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... One Flew Over Said Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo! Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. fuck you, Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, and check out our litter box at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>